0: You know what? You're right. We got this. There it is. Ooh. People of the world, I don't know if you realized that that was not Hal. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> you right can tell there. something seemed a little bit sharper, didn't it? <laughs> a little bit
0: <laughs> richer. That was the voice dandy of Hollywood. <laughs> and our dear friend,
2: Darren DePaul, thanks for coming on the show, my man. It is my pleasure. This show has been such a bright light during this time of distance that I, I'm so thrilled to be here. My wife and I, are, of course, are devoted listeners, and I was like, when you said I could be on again, I was like, yay. Oh, my God. It's
3: yeah. so
0: nice to have you back. Even in these distanced times, we appreciate that you full-on have the suit on for a distanced recording. You have the best style of anyone I know, Yeah, and you're a heck of a class act. And we're here today to talk about Disney villain sidekicks. So give us your bona fides, Darren, on this. Are you a Disney fan? I know we all played trivia last night and you kind of chose Disney questions most of the time. And one, by the way.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Who
2: my wife, my wife was. I'm a huge Disney fan. I think it's part of why I became a voiceover actor, loving those films early on. Uh, Jungle Book really just got me. The first time I went, Oh, there are actors doing that and followed performers. Yeah. I actually play a Disney villain in the Disney Channel show Amphibia. I'm the voice of Bog, which was a thrill to get. He's really uh, good an good actual
0: Disney show. villain.
2: Yeah. Talking about Disney villains. Oh, yeah. He's good there. He's a toad and he's so <laughs> pretty evil, you know? And I was like, Oh, this is so cool. I get to be part of that. And in high school, I was a Disney character. Because I lived in Florida, so at Disney World, I was, you know, one of the walk-around characters. And then afterwards, I think in the early 90s, I worked at the Adventurers Club on Pleasure Island. I love the Adventurers Club so much. Did I we was, talk
0: about this last time? I don't think I'm, we've covered I'm,
1: that. I'm such a huge – the Adventurers Club was just like – Did you do you know about the Adventurers Club, How I'm waiting to hear – I, I never went – all right. We've discussed that I've never been to – I've only been oh, to right, Epcot right. twice. And I've been to what is now what is it? it's not Downtown Disney in Florida, it's whatever it's called there, Uncle Walt's Fun. It's Street. Disney Springs now, I believe. Thank it, you, Disney Springs. That used to be Pleasure Island, and it yes. was magical. It was oh, magical. I loved it. I've known a lot of people who perform there, which of course you are one of them. Now that I know this information about you, Darren, but I, I, it sounded like a fun place to go when it existed in its heyday. Oh, the Adventures
2: Club was brilliant. I mean, there were five male roles, but eight actors. So we changed all the time. So you'd learn facility of character and voice and working with the crowd. And the ladies were brilliant. There were three uh, female roles and seven of them. Paula Pell, writer and performer, was there in my years. Wow. Uh, Leslie Carrara from Muppets, my dear friend Leslie Carrara, was there. And just a strong, strong team of performers that improvised, did scripts, worked animatronics and puppets. And it was thrilling. The vibe of that place is so cool because it's modeled after, like,
0: correct me if I'm wrong, but that's sort of like, you know, Victorian era, pith helmets and elephant guns, British colonization era of travel, (laughs) to put it in a less uh, Disney light. But it's just the aesthetic of that place was so cool. I always loved the Adventurers Club. It's just a fun, and you guys were so great with the improvising and the moments, and you just kind of find little... It's that nonlinear story and finding little pockets of who these characters are to one another that I think. We
2: had a story every night. The Mm -hmm. very first one, they would pull something out of a hat to go. This is our theme for the night. Mm -hmm. Very first word was sausage. So we called it from then on the daily sausage. (laughs) So people would put (laughs) it in. and It would be okay. This, you know, it could be Amy Bleeho's birthday or, you know, new hat. Or And you'd play it all night long. You'd go from seven till one in the morning with breaks. I never took my breaks because, you know, the guests were entering the movie. Mm-hmm. We were living these characters. And I went, this is thrilling. Yeah. I,
0: oh, oh, that's, that's awesome. You never took. But seriously, man, an eight hour show a day. Take your break. Come
2: on. I couldn't. I was young. You I was young. It. then. <laughs> now it'd be like, you do it. I'm sitting it's like, down. It's yeah. like, I look, I'd at <laughs> least take the lunch. <laughs> But you could in character, because Pleasure Island was, it was New Year's every night. so Oh, outside, I love that about it. Yeah, the dancers were going, you know, Weird Al would be doing a show. And in character, you could stand outside, watch the show, talk to guests, but watch a whole Weird Al set. That was oh, part of, you know, if, as long as you made it back for your set show. So mm-hmm. I was like, why sit down when I can experience everything that Disney has to offer? I loved it. I was
0: brilliant. You know, That's
2: not the version of Disney we're talking about today. No. Today
0: we're talking about Disney Villain Sidekicks.
1: We've done a lot of Disney episodes on this show. This topic, uh where did this topic come to us from, Hal? This is from Chris Rooney. But also, Darren, you had this in mind. And also you you are part of one of our most contentious decisions ever. I know. Which is great. That's why it's <laughs> exciting to have you back. Yeah. Cause muffins obviously hot button topic for people of the world and around the world. And now i maintain it i stand by it mm-hmm. i stand oh, we, by it the brand muffin is a classic i stand by it all of you who are against the brand muffin i'm sorry you're wrong i know that's difficult i've been wrong before <laughs> it was not when i was doing this podcast it was no it was about pretzels. That. that's when he was wrong how dare you how dare you i'll reach through the screen i'll find a way lord give me the strength <laughs> lord i want to talk to you right now i need strength to not reach through this computer like the lawnmower man.
0: Hold on, Hal. I'm eating a pretzel shaped <laughs> pretzel.
1: Why have you forsaken me, Lord? But we're moving from a very controversial topic, which is muffins, to something that people have fewer opinions about, which is Disney. And we're going to jump in. <laughs> to not, like, everybody knows playing the villain is the most fun. I'd love to play yeah. villains. Yes. And then playing villain sidekicks, even more fun. You don't have the pressure of carrying things like the villain does. You just get to come in and either support. You're either the one of the funniest characters, one of the most able characters, Mm -hmm. or one of the truly sinister characters. And we're going to go through a collection of those in different categories that you've laid out, Mark.
0: Yeah, we've, uh, we've decided that we haven't done brackets in a while. So brackets would be a fun way to deal with this. So we've divided it up into four categories. The Northeast, Northwest, Southeast, and Southwest quadrants of the bracket are in clockwise order from the Northwest. Lieutenants, scales and tails, lackeys, and cats and dogs. Now, before we get started on these, what do we think makes A great villain sidekick because there are different types. There are fundamentally good, fundamentally neutral and fundamentally evil villain sidekicks. There are idiots. There are competent sidekicks. There are funny ones. There are sinister ones. What do we think makes a great sidekick?
2: Well, because I was, knew you would ask this and I was wondering what, you know, specifics we were looking at. Is it, Mm -hmm. do they have a great song? Very few do, but a great song makes them memorable. Yeah. Are mm-hmm. they good at their job? Yeah. Do they support their boss? Do they hinder their boss? Is it just that it makes your heart happy when you think of them? Because a lot of the sidekicks do that. And yeah. I think the brackets will break that down because uh, what I love about Disney movies is they're always looking to make the sidekick different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like you'll, you know, yeah. Early on, you might find that they're all kind of a cookie cutter in in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. But as we get on there, it's like, how do we make this one unique? What do we find in the
1: heart of this character? And I love that. It's also interesting that some of these sidekicks, if you took them away from their villain and just analyzed who they were, they're not villainous at all. They're yeah. super loyal. One of the characters that I would put near the top if we were not doing a bracket is one that i think falls in that category where he's not inherently evil but he's a great sidekick Mm -hmm. and he helps facilitate not only keeping his boss alive but helping him do evil stuff then there are others who are very well known and are part of a great song but i don't think past the muster because at the end of the day They're not of great consequence to the plot of the movie. And I think you want the sidekick. I think another thing to look at is does the sidekick have some significant effect in one way or another on the plot of the movie where they, where they feel essential? Usually it feels like that winds up being the sidekicks that are maybe
0: neutral not evil or good but loyal and neutral whose loyalty in the end is upended you know what i mean those are the ones that seem to turn the plot more often in my yeah. estimation
2: cuz there's some scary ones there's some flat out you know they went oh yeah you know, and you're going, I don't know if any of those will make the list, but I'm interested to see, you know, what's going into the finals.
1: There's also a subcategory of this, and there aren't many mm-hmm. that fit this category, but there are some where they're almost mini bosses. If you look at it like a video game and your main mm-hmm. villain is your Bowser or King Koopa or whatever, but then you have these mini villains that you face along the way. So they are sidekicks in mm-hmm. that they are second in command or just lower level, but they also work as their own villain. There, there are a couple, of them, including one that will be in this first bracket. Mark, you want to break down that bracket for us? Let's break also, down the one bracket. One more thing before
2: oh, yeah, we bracket break. What before we flag? break a bracket. Isn't it because we are all voiceover performers, isn't it the performance as well? I think that's a big yes. part of it, yeah. That's a huge Absolutely. part of it. Okay, Mark, break those brackets. All right, we're going to start in the
0: Northwest bracket with lieutenants. These are all humans who are a second in command or, you know, second in status, not necessarily command because there are a couple on here that are not necessarily military or otherwise and here is the breakdown of this bracket from snow white we have the huntsman versus from robin hood the sheriff of nottingham we also have from pocahontas wiggins versus from the rescuers mr snoops we have from the incredibles mirage versus from the emperor's new groove cronk and finally family edition we have the tremaine sisters from cinderella versus edgar from the aristocats which matchup would you like to start with gentlemen what are you thinking darren you're the in? guest
2: dive in uh let's go to the huntsman and the sheriff of nottingham since yes. the huntsman is one of the first sidekicks in the pantheon yeah The first of the feature-length films. I also thought it
0: was funny that in trying to match these up, I saw that the primary photo that we have or drawing we have of the Huntsman is identical. They're in the standing in the exact same pose, the Sheriff of Nottingham and uh, the Huntsman. This one, to me, doesn't – this one feels like kind of a no-brainer, though. I shouldn't say that because maybe I'm way off, but – the what Sheriff are you calling Nottingham me? Is- that
2: I have no brain, there, Mark Gagley Hardy? <laughs> and you <laughs> nailed
0: it on the head, my friend. The yes, Sheriff I of I Nottingham did. is one of the great Disney seconds. Yeah. The Huntsman—I don't even remember what he sounds like. I know that he.
1: Hi, I'm the Huntsman. <laughs>
0: what do
4: you?
1: Hi, Snow White. What are you doing out here? A- what did you
0: call him? Uh, Thumbs on horses? He's like <laughs> the OG thumb on a thumb horse.
1: I have <laughs> another thumb. I'm a bad thumb. <laughs> the good thumb's coming for you. Time to go sleepy. Oops, shouldn't have said that. Bye. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my God. But yeah, the sheriff of Nottingham and Robin Hood is such a... And why he has a southern accent in the middle of Nottingham... And when he goes to the the home of the poor and he just relishes in taking the last of their coins,
3: mm-hmm.
0: like he's just – he walks silly. He looks like, you know, he, he's kind of this big – what kind of animal is he? Is he also a bear?
1: No, like he's I a, think he's a, a wolf.
0: Wolverine is he a, wolf? a wolf? Yeah. He's about to be a wolf, yeah, yeah. But he's shaped like Baloo. He's like half yeah. wolf, half
2: Baloo. That film, when it came out, because I remember seeing it young and it was such a departure for Disney because it was a flat-out comedy. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I loved it. I mean, Peter Ustinov as you know <laughs> the prince was just a, an early, early influence. Oh, yeah. he's so he's like hissing in my ear. Uh, oh, uh. and you're like, oh, <laughs> that, that laugh is yeah. so great, dude. yeah, oh, and that fantastic. he's teamed up with yeah, nutzy. You go and fire an
1: arrow. You know? We'll see who's <laughs> going to win this competition. <laughs> oh. Oh, it's fantastic. And he's also one of those, Nottingham is one of those mini bosses where he is, not only is he clearly a lieutenant, but he also works as his own villain. He's sort of, he's the real arch rival as opposed to the puppet master in Robin Hood. He's the muscle in a lot of ways.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right. So that was uh, was, uh, easy. The Sheriff of Nottingham. Let's move on to Wiggins from Pocahontas
2: versus Snoops from The Rescuers. Thoughts, gentlemen? Wiggins gets extra points because the villain in Pocahontas voiced by David Ogden Stiers. Yeah. Wiggins voiced by David Ogden Stiers. And they have conversations with one another in the yes. movie which is impressive. But not a memorable sidekick. Yeah. Just really like
0: he doesn't have a mean bone in his body. No. That's what's kind of fun about him though yeah. is He's the sidekick to this terrible gold hungry villain. And he's just this sweet kid, but also not that bright is Mr. Snoops from the rescuers, who's just kind of like, he feel, you know what he feels like to me? He feels like the cycle of violence. Madam Medusa is just terribly mean to him. So he is just terribly mean to children. (laughs) you know what i mean he's like
2: he feels like the most spineless wayne knight character and he was joe flynn who voiced him was such Mm -hmm. a big part of the disney stable the live action stable that when he did the voice it was just it was heaven it was wonderful yeah
0: so how do we use the criteria that we have to pick between these two he's not evil i mean he's like wiggins isn't evil no snoops isn't particularly loyal by the end of the rescuers he's chasing down madame medusa for a shotgun
1: but isn't that another hallmark of villain sidekicks is that that relationship is either ride or die or very tenuous it's a relationship of convenience that the greatest lieutenants of evil will try to usurp their boss at some point. It's the Sith. You kill your yeah, master, yeah. then you become the master. That's true. That's how you ascend the food chain of
0: villainy. Yeah, and Wiggins would never do that. Right, he, that's true. Wiggins is not, he's a sidekick, but this category is villain sidekick. Villains. Yeah, he's not a villain sidekick. He's just a lackey. But he does have one of the great lines. Uh, His last line after Radcliffe has been taken away, is he's, he says, oh, Funny. He came so highly recommended, which I think is such a great line for a sidekick <laughs> to end with. Um, but this one, I think definitely goes to Snoops. It. Yep. Let's go to Mirage versus Kronk. This I mean, is, this is a tough one. Yeah.
2: Patrick Warburton. It's a brilliant, brilliant character. I mean, I, I would say yeah. hands down, Mirage, one of the few ladies. Yes, as, yeah. as a sidekick a great M. Performance. fatale brilliant yeah cunning, yeah in a brilliant movie mm-hmm. but i would say cronk takes it for sheer the newness of the character the lovability of the character uh he does advance the plot oh yeah i, I just think it's a great performance and what do you guys think oh. i i think cronk is
0: cronk's the only one of these that has his own sequel yeah, like he got his own spin-off sequel. Yeah. Kronk has yeah. many, he has a devil and an angel on his shoulder who are like sub, sub sidekicks.
2: He's funny, he's, I mean, I got to work with Craig Sobel, who was the director of The Emperor's New Groove. Uh-huh. And just hearing how his mind, also with Chicken Little, a movie I, I love, and just hearing how he treats each character it's so special, and he, and a very different kind of voiceover director than I'm used to. He loves the M. Um, why, instead of a clean why, yeah. he's like no, yeah, they don't talk that way and they stutter and add more life to it, and it made the readings that much more they they popped, they came to life. It was such a joy to work with him. His knowledge of timing and and I think you can see that mm-hmm. in The Emperor's New Groove and Kronk just is such a special special character. Oh yeah. Do you prefer
0: a group read or a solo read? Or do you do many? I know now it's you don't do
2: many at all of the group reads, obviously. I, I did one on Zoom for a commercial. It was a disaster. The Source Connect was <laughs> dropping out for <laughs> everyone at all times. Oh, God. But we got through it. I used to love doing it as a group. And there there's still a joy to it. Mm-hmm. But I like being alone. I, yeah. I think there's more focus. Right on. I, you know, I, I would love to do more group reads. I did one with Andrea Romano. Legend. Yes. Oh, it was, it was thrilling. Yeah. She's the greatest. Yeah. And it, it, with Eric Bowza was there and DiMaggio and Lorraine Newman, um, for Puss in Boots. And I was oh, just like, this team. I love this because you get to feed off of everyone's energy and hear their timing. Mm-hmm. And Ms. Romano works so fast. Yeah. That I, you you were about to turn the page and it says, like, let's move on. And you're like, well, I have to keep the page up in the air because it will make noise. If I put it down <laughs> and they're rolling, I'm like holding my page. Going, oh my God. <laughs> but it was so, so exciting. So that group I adored, but you know, being alone and focusing gets the job done quickly too. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. You're definitely in and out more in those. Like, yeah. I guess I haven't done as many. It's like I long to do what you guys did with Thrilling Adventure Hour because it truly is an ensemble, and you're working, and you're playing off each other, and you know each other's timing, and it's you know each other's rhythms. But I would say a lot of these performances are solo performances on the sidekick.
0: Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it seems like like you always the BTS you always see of these is you know a solo person in a studio. Though I don't know if that comes from the nature of it being so many big stars doing them now. You know.
1: Yeah. It, it became Patrick that is way. always in demand. Yeah I, yeah, I remember for a Venture Brothers session, he was coming in after me, but also getting ready to go to like Canada to film something. So he was just always like, "All right, I'm gonna come to the entire season now." And he just would walk. In, he walked in and he's, <laughs> knocks out like, a season like, of television. Super nice guy. I mean, you remember when he would do thrilling? Oh yeah. That he's like the ultimate suburban dad. He's like, "Yeah, we got the pool cleaned up, so all the kids can come over." Like he just wants to <laughs> have the kids. That's like his life revolves around his family. Just a, a great guy, but super like busy and gets stuff done quick and you're it is faster. You can do like two, three episodes of a show in two hours yeah. if you're doing it by yourself. A group record, while it's great for those dynamics, it takes longer. Sometimes you're quick, but somebody else is stumbling or playing around and it's fun oh, yeah, to watch. I- like I love to see everybody's process, but mm-hmm. also there is a lot of sitting and waiting around. When I worked on the DreamWorks show, Three Below and Wizards, mm-hmm. we would do like four or five episodes. Cause yep. it's just
2: like, here's your session. Yeah. We gotta go. Yeah. And it was like, got it. That's that episode done. You're gone. You're gone. Yeah. You know, you know, it's thrilling. I like it because it's like, well, make a choice, make a bold choice. Yeah. Like all of these characters, they're bold choices in all the performance. The best and of the them. Design. Are yeah. The yeah. design, I, you know, design should also be in here. Yeah. About how they look and go. Kronk's a think. perfect example
0: with his giant shoulders and his teeny little waist. Like he's just this, like if you designed what a meathead or, you know, on the surface, a meathead henchman would look like in that Incan style of that movie, he would be shaped like that. So we're saying it's Kronk. We're saying that, it's Kronk. Right? All right. Yeah.
2: But, but, but
1: moving on saying, now, Elizabeth Penn, you have great performance in a wonderful film. Yes. Yeah, I had forgotten for some reason, I was placing her in Incredibles 2, just looking at the picture. Mm-hmm. But I know that's a different, a whole different thing. It is a really good character. The fact that I couldn't remember it, I haven't seen the Emperor's New Groove. And mm-hmm. I know looking at that, I know that's Patchy Burton. I know the character is Kronk. That character is in the pop culture. Yeah. yeah. And that yeah. counts for something.
2: I would recommend seeing it after uh,
1: hearing one of your episodes. I went to
2: see Princess and the Frog oh Isn't great like, well i watched it and i was
1: like, like i love this so much it's
2: great it's oh,
0: the last God. of the flat animation the classic yeah. is so Flat animation good. it's so good all right now moving on to this is less lieutenanty this is you know sidekicks to the matriarch we have sidekick to a lovely and kind matriarch in the aristocats and that is edgar who is her butler We also have the Tremaine sisters from Cinderella, who are the the two wicked stepsisters under Lady Tremaine. This is a tough one because I feel like would you guys call Edgar a sidekick or is he not the primary villain of he's it's his idea to steal the cats? It's his like there are other characters who are more villainy than him, but he doesn't really seem like he is. He is a sidekick. This is what's fascinating about him to me. He is a sidekick, Mm -hmm. but the person he works for is not a villain. He is a deceitful person.
1: And that makes him kind of the villain. That makes him the villain, even though he is a sidekick. You know, it's funny you say that because I was thinking the same thing about the Tremaine sisters. Yes, their mother is sort of the ringleader, but Mm -hmm. they're also awful villains on their own. They're just all, all three of them are working towards the same purpose. Right. And Edgar, if you look at 101 Dalmatians
2: and then this film, he's sort of Horace and Jasper flipped on its head. Yeah. Mm. Like, oh, let's make a a fancy one. Yeah. yeah. And he's going to go through the same indignities and the same wants and desires as Horace and Jasper. I got to say,
0: the Aristocats has some great stuff in it, but the Aristocats does seem like they went, hey, 101 Dalmatians made a lot of money. Now do it with cats. Yeah. Because it's basically exactly the same. Yeah. Just the cat version.
2: And put Baloo in it.
0: But <laughs> Yeah, and put Baloo in it. Yeah. But I feel like the Tremaine sisters, they're sort of quintessential Disney sidekick. Like, if you think of Lady Tremaine as the villain of that story, they do feel like they are the... Wise cracking jerk sidekicks like the character version of them at disneyland is a lot of fun you know what i mean right they are some great walk around face characters at disneyland
2: would you want to get a picture with the tremaine sisters or with edgar the tremaine sisters yeah, Because tremaine
0: everyone sisters, would look sure. at the picture and go who is this butler you're taking a picture with right i think I'll that's a from way. the
2: adventurous club
0: <laughs> yeah right <laughs> <laughs> and they have that sort of conniving like and their end goal is pure selfishness yeah i
1: like yeah. Hal, thoughts uh no i agree i think the tremaine sisters are the winners in this one great like for sure all right so we have a final four in the
0: northwestern bracket that is the Sheriff of Nottingham is going to battle Kronk. We ha- do you want to, by the way, do you want to clear out the brackets down to one each and then move on to the next bracket? Or do you want to get down to just do the first, do you want to do a first round of 32? I think we should just finish
1: the bracket. Right. I think we, cause once
0: we started one, it's easier to. Yeah, yeah we might as well. So let's, w- we'll work backwards then. Right now we have the Tremaine sisters versus Snoops from the rescuers.
2: Tremaine sisters are yep.
0: more iconic. Yeah. They're, uh, they are iconic Disney yeah. villains. I yeah. think that's. Yeah. And as much fun as the Sheriff of Nottingham is and how villainous he is, Kronk is undeniable,
2: I think. Now wait a minute there, Mark Gagley. Are you kicking <laughs> me out of my bracket? How dare you, Mark? It, it's You're so cold so kicking you out. Oh <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, we're gonna get
0: to hear more Peter Ustinov later because Sir Hiss shows up on the oh. show. So have
2: we made a decision? So it seems like Kronk has, has taken – or is it Kronk yeah. against the Tremaine sisters?
0: I think at Kronk this point it's Tremaine Kronk sisters. against the Tremaine sisters, and I think Kronk may go all the way in this one. He yeah. re- He is the only one who has his own movie.
1: Right, but beyond that, there are a lot of characters that have their own movies sure. that would not win that would but not like in a category but in a like but in a m he is the absolute standout
2: character in a arguably middling Disney movie. It was a revelation that performance and yeah. there are some huge belly laughs with the character. Yeah. Great design, great writing, wonderful performance. Pretty yeah. iconic. I'd say we gotta give
0: it to Kronk. Under All lieutenants. Right. All right. Wow. It's gonna be a wear. tough one. This is a tough battle. Yeah. Let's move on now. If We're going in clockwise order. We are now at Scales and Tails. Ooh. Scales and Tails is mostly uh, mostly fish, lizards, birds, and bugs. <laughs> so Scales and Tails, we have Brutus and Nero, the crocodiles from The Rescuers, versus Joanna, the lizard from The Rescuers Down Under. We have Flotsam and Jetsam uh, from The Little Mermaid versus Molt from A Bug's Life. We have Sir Hiss in a snake battle. We have Sir Hiss versus Ka. Sir Hiss from Robin Hood and Ka Ka from uh, The Jungle Book. And, of course, in our bird battle, Diablo versus Iago. Uh, Diablo from Sleeping Beauty and Iago, of course, from Aladdin. Let's
1: start with our rescuer's reptiles. Thoughts, gents? All right. I, I, I just want to throw this out there. I want to see if I'm right. Because I've seen neither of these movies. But Mm -hmm. judging from the pictures, Mm -hmm. Scales and Tails look more evil. But Joanna looks like a good time. Joanna the Goanna. Yeah. (laughs) Because it was a riot. It was a
2: wonderful creature performance. Absolutely. With a lot of... (laughs) Uh, you know that stuff that I love doing, yeah. and it 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 lightened it up because wasn't she against George C. Scott? He was the voice of the main villain in that. Was that George C. Scott? It was even it looked it looked like yeah, looked like him. It was yeah. a very heavy, heavy, dark McLeach. Yeah, dark, dark character. And then you had you know this egg stealing crazy Goanna who is terrifying. Like that character yeah. goes from
0: absolutely terrifying when you first meet her, and she's just this. Monster like snapping on the like imagine like the most terrifying sharp tooth monster snapping on the end of a leash that you really do not want to get loose. Yeah, but then she also has a full on Marx Brothers scene (laughs) in the middle of the movie where McLeach is trying to formulate his evil plot and keep a little box of eggs away from this iguana. And <laughs> by the end of the scene, obviously, the box of eggs is completely empty. And every time an egg disappears, you never see the egg disappear. You just see the lid of the box go bloop.
4: <laughs> it is such a... I
0: hope everyone sees this scene because it is just an absolute... It is Harpo Marx delightful. I, yeah, I think hands down this yeah. one. Brutus and Nero are just mad. or just big, scary-looking crocs. Scary creatures. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but Joanna is... Hilarious, yes, and terrifying. So is Joanna winning that one? Joanna's got to win that Joanna, one. Yeah, okay, fair enough. We're moving on now to two classics: fletsam and jetsam from The Little, Little, Little Mermaid, The Little Mermaid, yeah, and Molt from A Bug's Life, played by Richard Kind. <laughs> Fellas, what do you think? Listen, I don't know about eels.
2: You might like eels. I don't like eels. Some people <laughs> like eels. Exactly. <laughs> I love that performance. I think yeah. it lightens the, the mood flotsam and jetsam are pretty iconic in a way
0: that's the thing i think flotsam and jetsam are iconic but they don't really like but i don't do anything i think molt is a better character he's the lead villain's brother yeah but he has no animosity toward him he's just real loyal and he's everything's great he loves his brother Yeah, he loves his brother he (laughs) he loves his brother he's like hey i got this great idea that's not a great idea
4: yeah it wasn't
1: even my idea like uh, yeah he's just it's just wonderful (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Flotsam and Jetsam are like if Ursula is running a medicine show, they're the plants in the crowd. They're like, "Yes, I'm going bald, and I need a medicine for it." Do you have a tincture? Like it's that—that's kind of their role. They're there to kind of help yeah. seal the deal. And do they talk? I don't remember if they talk. Yeah, even yeah even they're both talk. played by Patty Edwards, so they sound like what I just did exactly. Oh, don't yeah. look it up. No, and I'm no, we have to it.
2: pick. At the end of this, we have to pick who we'd want to play, who we'd want to avoid. Oh yeah. That would be like this game too. Interesting. So we are going with mold, are we? I don't know. What, what, what do you guys guys
0: think? think? Like, because it's like, I feel like in my opinion, Flotsam and Jetsam are iconic Mm -hmm. because the little mermaid is iconic and because Ursula won our best Disney villain episode. Mm -hmm. I think Flotsam and Jetsam benefit from. Having the best Disney villain as the
1: person that they're working under, as the boss, yeah,
0: yeah. I think Molt is a more interesting character to me.
1: He is, but I don't remember him doing anything. If anything, he's sort of in the way, just because yeah. he's like the kind brother who's hanging out. And Richard Kind is fantastic. Mm-hmm. I guess,
0: yeah, Flotsam and Jetsam they do forward the plot. Yeah,
1: they're there to encourage her to give her voice up. You know they're they're the hype they're the hype eels.
0: Yeah, <laughs> the hype eels. Oh, I saw yeah. them once. They were great.
1: Yeah. Weren't they great?
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah, I don't think Molt Also, in a case like this, I think the tie goes to the property that kind of stands out.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. The
1: Little Mermaid that helped revive Disney animated films. Yeah. Sorry, Molt. Sorry, Molt. With with much much respect.
2: I'll be over in a corner. It's okay. Don't worry. Don't worry. Don't mind me. Don't <laughs> i'm here can you still hear me i'm over in the corner i'm being quiet i'm not saying a word you enjoy your eels i'm malt malt i'm sorry i'm so sorry malt that's okay i love you what you're wearing today suits you very well thank you that's
4: very kind do you hear how silent i'm being in the corner (laughs) (laughs) i haven't made a peep All
0: right, let's move on now to Iago versus Diablo, Bird Battle. I mean, this is another one of those, I think, all-time great Disney performances Mm -hmm. is Gilbert Gottfried as Iago. Yes. Yes. I I remember Diablo, but I remember Diablo more as an ornament than a character. You know what I mean? I think of Maleficent with Diablo on her shoulder, but I don't really recall anything epically
2: villainous that Diablo did. And with Gilbert, it's like a perfect casting. Absolutely. That you didn't think you needed. And then you're like, oh, this is, this is brilliant. Yeah. And there's that great story about the young boy that didn't speak for many years, but he loved Iago. And when Gilbert spoke to him, it meant so much. He spoke to him in the character. There's a whole documentary. About no, I've never heard of that. that he was, yeah, it, it, it's, just, it's very touching. And I had worked with Gilbert back in New York on something called USA Up All Night. Mm-hmm. We were all USA with Up All yeah. Night. Yeah, I, that was yeah, that was Ronda was the one in LA, and we were in New York with Gilbert, and it. it was great. We all played recurring characters. It was this crazy show, and getting to know him, and we lived kind of in the same neighborhood in New York for a while. And it, it just now that he's like a Disney villain, an iconic Disney villain. Yeah, you know, it's,
1: I love it. Yeah, this is one of those that could go all the way. Yeah, it's so good. And yeah. Gilbert Gottfried, by the way, for those who don't know, I mean, his voice is iconic. His voice is iconic in and of itself. But he is a fantastic uh mimic. He has a yeah. bit mm-hmm. in his stand up. That is Jerry Seinfeld and David Brenner having a conversation, oh. which feels like it was written just for me. <laughs> when he would, yeah. you ever notice how uh, people? Are like, Why do people? and Ooh, they're yeah.
0: challenge
2: you ever comb your hair? You ever comb your hair? <laughs> Why do people comb their hair? That was him. Okay. His voice regular. I mean, I don't know if this is giving secrets away, but you know, he's not always like this. Yeah. Was, we just, you know, they called him giggle on set. It was the director. It was like giggle. Are you ready? <laughs> I'm okay. I'm running. over in the corner. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> yeah, Time. he's a he's a pretty mild mannered yeah. dude. Sweet sweetheart of a man. Yeah, and I just. Tying that voice to that character—it's just fabulous. Now, well, that's a that's a no-brainer then. Yeah, Iago. The show that you did—was there an Iago substitute? I never got to see the Aladdin show.
0: There was Iago in our show. Puppet, right? A
2: puppet. Oh,
0: great. It was so it was a a performer who uh, was wearing sort of like what you would imagine a sidekick to Jafar to look like, Mm -hmm. you know, sort of red and black with a turban. But he had this beautiful Iago puppet. And I, being a lazy person, when I went to audition for Aladdin, I auditioned to play Iago and not the genie because Iago did not have to put on makeup and did not have to be on stage for as long. (laughs) (laughs) I was the opposite of you at the Adventures Club. I was about to say, (laughs) you want to play the character that's on stage for 40 minutes and the character that's on stage for six.
1: Oh, six. Let's you, do that version. <laughs> you did a show and took no breaks. Mark did a show in between his breaks. Yeah. <laughs> I'm
2: so crazy. So, okay, so was, I got I got to go take a show right now. <laughs> there was a production. uh One of the last things I did in New York, there's a musical of it's a wonderful life. And I played Clarence. Cool. And we had to put it up in a week. It was really, really quick. And I'm a big fan of Cirque and everything. And I love when characters watch. And I went on the first day, I said, Hey, I know this story is being told for Clarence. Can I always be on stage watching unobtrusively for a a two-and-a-half-hour musical except when he's acting? I will sit and give focus and energy so that when my head turns and tilts a little, that means something. I love the discipline of that. I'm a crazy person. Wow. You're a disciplined actor. Yeah. Yeah, I was like the stage pictures because it was a thrust stage. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be so cool. Oh, and, you know, I, I love stuff like that because again, yeah. it gives you something like we're doing with the Disney villain, something you didn't expect. How do we not just say, this is a production of It's a Wonderful Life? This is our production instead of, you know, this is our sidekick villain. What are we going to make him that just makes people go, wow, do you remember that? And that, yeah. Can I ask you though?
0: Come on. There had to be at least one performance where you were like, Man, I really have to pee. This was a terrible idea.
2: <laughs> you learn. Well, Sometimes you do. You're sitting and you're like, I can't breathe here because this is a very, very heavy scene. Yeah. And I'm giving focus and energy. Okay, concentrate, concentrate, <laughs> concentrate. And soon it'll be over, and you'll do your little song. You know, <laughs> because it. Claire said I love a little I song and some great stuff. Uh, let's talk about snakes. snakes. We have Sir let's Hiss, talk about snakes,
0: baby. Uh. Uh we have Sir Hiss from Robin Hood, told you mm-hmm. I told you we'd get more Peter Ustinov. and Ka from Jungle Book. Now Ka not necessarily introduced as a sidekick, but works alongside Shere Khan and is clearly of lower status than him.
1: Ka's one of the dangers of the jungle.
0: Yes. Yeah, exactly. Sir Hiss straight up sidekick. To the hilarious King John in Robin Hood and much, the much put upon sidekick who could forward the plot and could help King John, but King John refuses to listen to him.
2: And a great performance by Terry Thomas who had yeah. the gap in his teeth and they put it in the snake. Is Terry Thomas would lisp a little when he spoke? Cause he was, Oh, I of didn't know teeth. that that was they, I love that uh, they, oh, they that based it upon it. him. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It was so wonderful when when it came out. I, I just remember being in the theater and people just laughing so much and enjoying this film. There is a moment that I will cherish, and I can't remember. There's a young turtle mm-hmm. in it, one of the three kids.
0: Yeah, I love them. That they, they get and, when they knock the the arrow
2: into Marion's yard. Well, but yeah, but later on when there's the the, the competition and mm-hmm. all the archers are introduced, and an older turtle came out and the younger turtle, they cut to him and he goes. Yay, dad. The audience erupted, <laughs> erupted in laughter, And I remember that day forever of going, oh, it was just beautiful. Oh, that movie is that really yeah.
1: fun. Yeah. Do we think that Ka counts as a sidekick? Hal, thoughts? I think Ka's an underboss. I love Ka. Mm-hmm. I, the Jungle Book occupies a special place in my heart, not only because I love the movie, but one of the first voice matches that I ever did was george sanders as shere khan not for a job just for a class and i remember Mm -hmm. the disney somebody from disney characters was there and told the teacher like i wish we'd known this guy was around before we hired who we had oh wow not to throw shade on whoever's doing it who i'm sure is still doing it and doing a fantastic job but i love the character it's sterling holloway who you may know better as winnie the pooh but him is- doing evil is fun. Yeah. yeah. It was so And the song is great. The- yeah, he's got
2: a great song. Yeah. And not once in the film, as an evil snake, does he go, oh, bother.
1: <laughs> he never says
2: said- <laughs> it, Right. Yeah. Or think, think, think. Yeah. Think, think, think. Uh, but Ka, for so many, and a lot of Ka's animation was kind of moved into Sir Hiss. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Sir Hiss just
0: feels like the same actor. This was his next movie that he did. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? That like that, snake that, snake, that snake, that snake. Yeah. Like they use a different voice every time, but that snake went and became Mr. Hit or uh, Sir yeah. Hiss. But yeah, I feel like Ka is the superior character. Is he enough of a sidekick to put him through? I would argue yes, because he's such an iconic character and he has that song. But Sir Hiss is, all the stuff we were talking about before, loyal to his master, he coddles his master, he's, he's snarky and mean to those who come into King John's tent, including Robin and Little John when they're trying, he's the one that sees that they're trying to dupe the king. He tries to be a good minion, whereas yeah. Ka doesn't seem like he works for anybody but Ka. He teams. It feels like, like him with Shere Khan feels, feels more like a status mismatched team up than
2: an actual sidekick. Because yeah, uh, Shere Khan does not need Ka in any way except for information. Right. Whereas Sir Hiss is a total flunky and, you know, where, you know, Richard Don doesn't want to do anything. He'll have right. his minions
0: do it. Yeah. I guess it's not even really a it's team a tough up. One. It's just Khan. Yeah. It's just Shere Khan
2: yeah. <laughs> threatening Ka. Yeah. Yeah, this Especially, is a tough one because yeah,
1: Ooh. it's a slippery one. Yeah, slippery. It's just <laughs> I mean, you can say yeah. that Ka slithered so that Sir Hiss could slither. <laughs> I think that. Yeah. I think, uh. <laughs> staying true to the idea of a mm. sidekick, an actual sidekick, Sir Hiss fits the bill, and I don't mm. think Ka does. I think Ka's Ka gets in trouble for. Ka would have eaten. Ka wasn't bringing Mowgli to Shere Khan. I was going yeah. to eat Mowgli as yeah. a tasty meal because it's the jungle and everybody's out for themselves. So you're saying that snake was more of a
2: sidekick than me? Oh, no. I think the sheriff of <laughs>
0: Nottingham is back.
2: He's upset. <laughs>
0: sheriff, can you go stand with uh, Moult in the corner, please?
4: I'm not making a noise. A single noise. I was so quiet.
2: He's making a lot of noise. Don't can you listen two? to him. guys? That's we really. Ha-
4: I was making noise.
0: We really <laughs> have to get through this bracket, you two.
2: Okay. You go do it. We'll just be over here quietly not talking like we do in Nottingham, you know, from England. Uh, and- where I am currently from. You sound
4: it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I've always wanted to visit. Um yeah, I think Sir Hiss is
0: our winner oh. All right. of that matchup. So, so now we can do these final two matches here in the Northeast. Yes. yes. Let's start with, uh, well, we'll go backwards again. Sir Hiss is now battling Iago, and I'm pretty sure he loses. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yep. Yes. So we have Iago going through. We also have Flotsam and Jetson versus Joanna. Uh, it's so hard because flotsam and Jetson are in, from such an iconic movie yeah. and we gave him a pass in the round of 32 joanna's so fun but will we beat iago i don't think honestly i don't think either of them beat you Iago. take this bracket yeah i does iago take this bracket i think we can just go ahead yeah. and say iago takes this bracket i think so all right yeah so we don't have to battle Joanna versus Flotsam and Jetsam. All right. Wow. Let's move on to lackeys. Ooh. This is uh, some humans, some uh, demons, some goblins, some um animals, maybe. No, no animals. But most of them are idiots. Actually, that's not true. We do have one animal who is not an idiot at all, but this is just general. This is sort of the catch-all, to be perfectly honest, of ones that did not fit any of the other three. Um, so (laughs) we have LeFou from Beauty and the Beast versus Randall from Monsters, Inc. We have Pain and Panic from Hercules versus Horace and Jasper from 101 Dalmatians. We have Smee from Peter Pan versus Fidget from The Great Mouse Detective, and we have Creeper from The Black Cauldron versus Doug Ramesses from uh, Zootopia. Let's start with LeFou versus Randall. This to me seems like an interesting battle because they're both sidekicks, but the big difference between the two of them, or a big difference in their approach to being a sidekick is ambition randall want randall has ambition randall wants to be on top lefou is in love with gaston and just wants to do whatever and just i think that lefou is probably our only minion on here who is motivated by that that he is just straight up in love with him
1: randall's you know more of a villain uh thoughts can i say something as a as a huge fan of beauty and the beast Mm -hmm. animated version only? I don't think I think you could remove LeFou from that movie and lose nothing plot-wise. was oh. a really fun character. Heart I love disagree. the song. I don't think he's consequential to the plot. I'm sure glad he's there. I'm sure glad he he's has there. that great
2: song and the Queen he's, of Hearts from Alice in Wonderland is going, "Hey, you stole my look."
1: Exactly. His face, that's <laughs> kind of Yeah.
2: They are, Here's a story, since I, I'm old and I tell stories. When I was down at the Adventurers Club, they were going to have a man of the year for Michael Eisner in New York, mm-hmm. uh, the Waldorf Astoria Ballroom. And the movie had just come out, and they were, were going to bring four of us up to act with Jerry Orbach and Paige O'Hara and do a beautiful oh, wow. presentation. They were going to have a full orchestra, some dancers. Paula Pell from Saturday Life was one of – she was the Mrs. Mm-hmm. Potts surrogate. I was the Cogsworth LaFou surrogate. And then they did a preview with Leia Salonga of Aladdin. And oh, one of the wow. cast members got to sing Part of Your World before anybody saw it. And it was that night when Dick Ebersole was in the audience and he was talking to Michael Eisner. We were all backstage and Jerry Orbach, I got to sing Be Our Guest with Jerry Orbach. And uh, Dick Ebersole said, you know, this would be a great Broadway musical. And I was standing right there and I went, that must have been the night. That Look the at that. Went. Wow. You, know, you, watched, you watched that tree get blasted. It was so cool to see that happen and, and I'm very, you know, I love that film. I think that film just did such great stuff and that role is a really good one. I think yes. it's wonderful. Yeah.
0: And I think, however,
2: plot wise, you're yeah.
0: right that it, he doesn't do a ton for the plot. Right. Except enable. He enables Gaston's like, That entire song, Gaston, is him puffing up a dude whose ego is already puffed up and puffing him up beyond like when he's in a sad moment. it could. I could argue that it did move the plot forward because Gaston could have stopped right there and just wallowed in his misery. He even says at the beginning of that song, nothing helps. And then LeFou builds him back up, makes him back into this cocky monster that he winds up being for the rest of the movie. I don't know. I, I, I can't imagine eliminating LeFou right now for Randall. Randall is fun. Randall's a good villain,
1: but. And important to this plot. He is important. Is both physically yes. and yeah. mentally active in the movie and the sequel, Monsters University, where you get the great, yeah. uh, well, you, where you learn yeah, where you learned that he was a nerdy time.
2: kid. Yeah, and it, yeah. Yeah. Cause
1: he took his glasses off,
2: <laughs> which is such a great, it's a great design. Yeah. It's a great
1: performance, but guys, it's
2: um, LeFou. It is the, it is one of the quintessential Disney villain sidekicks. That's right. where I'm, I'm thinking, I mean, does he does what a sidekick is supposed to do. Yeah. There. He's loyal. He supports the villain's plan. He takes part in it, even though it gets really scary. Yeah. What do we think?
0: I think LeFou has to at least if, – look, if we can get Fletsam and Jetsam out of the round of 32 just on the strength of the movie alone, then we can definitely get LeFou out of the round of 32.
1: They didn't have what are to face off against Al? Randall. That's What's the problem. That? They didn't have to face off against Randall. Randall is – look, Randall's a lot a of fun. A superior character. No, but they faced off against Malt, who
0: I think is a superior
1: character. Thank you for remembering me. Oh, you're, you're welcome, Malt. <laughs>
4: The problem was, nobody remembers my movie. (laughs) (laughs) Molt's new groove. (laughs) I wish they did. If they didn't have that land at Disney, which is kaput now. Oh, no. I'm so sorry. I'm going to fade away like my character from Inside Out. I'm going to be gone. (laughs) But I'll be in the corner. I don't want to bother anybody.
0: Oh,
1: way to make it sad. You're doing great
4: work.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I say LeFou has to go through.
1: I would go with Randall. You cast the deciding vote, Darren, and I will go along. We will each go along oh, with whatever you choose. Oh. Oh. Putting you on. Do you want to go on, with the iconic villain.
2: Disney villain I, sidekick? My, my thing is is I'm going to go with LeFou because okay. I think he he, he he ticks all the boxes. And Hopefully Randall seems more like a main adversary in a lot of ways. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. That's I'm better, sorry. You know what the people of the world, they're going to go, "You know, we didn't forgive you." for saying the truth about brand muffins, <laughs> which is proven and it's science. But uh science. Now, yeah, I mean, science. Come on.
0: And that and you do bring up a great point. I do think Randall is more the main villain. Yeah. He's not a sidekick. Yeah. yeah. He's a he's That's, a climber who turns out to be the ultimate villain of the thing. The other guy's just the corporate boss.
1: Well, yeah. he's sort of behind the whole thing. But yes, yeah. I agree. I, I think that is a well made argument. Okay. That I accept other than it's beauty of the beast. Is great. It. He is great. I love Lafu. I was just saying you could have had that song that could have been women at the bar or the barkeep like that one outside of that. If that one song were not in the film and I understand that we're taking away his major moment, mm-hmm. he does nothing else. There is a terrible nothing. moment in the musical where they needed
2: to get from point A to point B. And it's just Lefou going la la la, and then Belle goes, "Hey, Lefou, have you seen Gaston? I think he's in the woods." La la. la. That's the end of the scene. <laughs> yeah, it's just oh, because they needed they a wrote. curtain to close so that right. something else could happen. That's what they wrote. You know, it's like ten writers went, "What do we? What do we do? La la lee, <laughs> la la low? No, 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 we
4: can't go there. You know, maybe uh,
2: she'll ask him a question. How are you today? No, no, we don't have the time. You know, it's like you, it's a rich character that we could have had more from. Yeah, yeah. And they went, "Ah, he's over there." <laughs> that, that i'll i'll never forgive you
1: yeah fill him out a little you know yeah i only wish that they had had him on the fly system as soon as he said that just take it off and flown <laughs> of, inexplicably and then yeah, the rest yeah. of the play you're like
0: guys does anyone else know that lefou can fly i don't understand <laughs> is he did he is it lefou turn off the dark what is it? <laughs> <laughs> oh I know I've told this story on the show before about when I saw Spider-Man turn off the dark, right? I went to go see it. I sat in the back row uh, with my roommate and friend, Katie. She was sitting next to me. And there was a scene where Arachne and Peter Parker, like she raises him up and they're like doing this floaty, spinny dance together. And we noticed that their floaty spinning started to get a little faster and they got a little closer together. And I feel on my knee, this like... Smack, smack, like, oh, here it comes. Here it comes. And then, of course, the two of them just went. And like their cables just twirled up. The house lights came on and we sat there for about 20 minutes while Spider-Man and Arachne just dangled from a rope on the ceiling, which felt like going to a hockey game and getting to see a fight (laughs) (laughs) like you want. That's what you want. If you went to see Spider-Man turn off the dark, you wanted to see. Some of the crate- and I'm glad nobody got hurt. It was just right. two people we We did not go to see anyone get hurt, but we loved going and seeing the cables get tied up, and somebody just have to dangle there for a few minutes, like waving at the audience and
1: cracking jokes. Come for the injury free malfunctions, stay for the musical. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's what the poster said. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, so let's
0: move now to this. I don't think is going to be a tough battle. The battle that it is setting up is I think going to be a tough battle. Uh, Mm. we have, uh, one of the iconic, uh, Disney, uh, sidekicks. We have Smee versus fidget from the great mouse detective, uh, who is, uh, Rattigan's nasty little bat sidekick. Who uh has a peg leg and the idea of a flying character with a peg leg
2: <laughs> is very funny to me. It's a fun performance. Yeah. It's a very unique voice. It's a fun performance. Yeah. Smee. You want your
0: picture with Smee when you're walking yeah. around the park. Oh, yeah. Oh, Smee is a classic.
1: I mean, think of a box as a Disney villain sidekick that he does not check. Mm-hmm. He, an enabler. He's a caretaker. He's way better at his job than captain hook is at his captain mm-hmm. hook would not be captain hook without him yeah the only thing he doesn't have is evil he, there's not an evil bone in his body like he won't kill the crocodile he just shoos him away and he's one of the only people that captain hook really listens to yes.
2: probably the yeah probably and a, and a wonderful performance a great look oh so good totally yeah. totally lovable That's a, you know, he's going to be a tough one up there. He's a,
0: yeah, he's definitely, yeah. And a simple look too. Yep. It's not fussy. It's just, he's got like bushy white hair, red nose, striped shirt. Like he's just got like, he's not embellished in too many ways. He's just like shaped like a dopey, you know, lackey. He's, he's visually perfect. He's vocally perfect. And everything that he does is on brand for a sidekick.
1: From how he's dressed, he looks like a guy who was in his 40s, but went to the original Woodstock at that age. And then now we've seen him 20 to 30 years later, and this is who he's become just hanging out in San Fran. Just go, like, why? He's in that bookstore all day. He must have money. I oh don't think God. he. I like. I he has a home, right? Is he a what tech like? bro? Like,
0: how did he get the money? <laughs> <I don't> no, <know. laughs>
1: yeah. Did he like? It was he an early investor in Apple?
0: Just there are sections of San Francisco that are entirely populated by
2: Smee's. I think. Uh huh. Yeah. That's the gonna SMEs be district. the next app name. You know, it's gonna SMEs. be Smee. Did you download yeah. Smee? <laughs> <laughs> oh.
0: But there's a but there's a like a dash over one of the e's. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you made it look fidget's funny fidget's great fidget does have that like you mentioned that crazy sort of stilted doesn't use all of his articles voice uh which i love but yeah also like plunges to his death like (laughs) he has a rough ending yeah
2: he's eaten first you know the cat uh, yeah goes after him and he does that thing he's sort of like froggy isn't he yeah (laughs) it's it's a unique performance, but it cannot be. It's go not against me. me. It's, me, no, it's not me.
0: It's not me. All right. Let's go now to Creeper from the Black Cauldron versus Doug. For those who don't remember, Creeper in the Black Cauldron is, uh, pretty similar to Fidget. He's kind of, he's a little grumpy, goblin. little goblin with, uh, with a frequently, uh, lazy eye who gets beat up. He's the second in command, but gets beaten up not only by his first in command, the main villain, but also from all of the other minions. They're like, this guy is second in command, but he's tiny. So they, you know, pick on him too versus Doug from Zootopia, uh, who is the kind of slacker, stonery, but super terrifyingly adept at his job. Maker of the poison that turns the animals wild. So he not only mixes it, but he snipers it. Uh, he's a fun juxtaposition, I think, of like his hands are doing something very technical and terrifying, but his voice is kind of doing this, like, you know, just slow, lazy stoner
2: thing. What do you guys think? Doug is very memorable. The movie is wonderful. Yes. Black Cauldron was a big misfire, mm-hmm. sadly. Yeah. Um, it was ambitious and, and, you know, it was almost like a D and D type you know style film let's let's explore that era and it just didn't work for some reason or another um but doug is pretty scary (laughs) yeah doug's like doug is a real villain like
0: like in his coldness yeah
1: he's completely
0: without emotion
1: i think that that zootopia is one of the best movies disney's made in the last 30 years yeah and i think that it because it's not a musical and because it feels, it almost feels like it it should have been made by Pixar. And I know at that point Lasseter was sort of uh, a voice in the Disney Animation Department, and they were sort of taking their cue. They'd already acquired and integrated Pixar, mm-hmm. but it is—it's super woke. It has a really strong, like a really great and strong message behind it. All the performances are fantastic. The animation is great. There's just there's just not a misstep in the whole thing, and it and yeah. it sad to me how lost it feels in the shuffle of other movies. Like Frozen's very good. I like Frozen. I liked Frozen 2. Fine. Mm -hmm. I really like the the Wreck-It Ralph movies, but I think Zootopia is sort of like the crown jewel that nobody talks about.
0: Yeah, I can see that. Do you think it's because it's not a musical?
1: Because it feels like a Pixar movie? Like it's like sort of
0: it doesn't know who its parents are? Like it's a Disney movie that's not a musical, and it's a Pixar movie that's not pixar
1: i think it's a hard movie to market to families i think they i don't think they it was that they didn't know what they had i think that it's you don't know what i know going into it i had no idea what movie i was about to watch or that it was going to be not heavy but dense as it was Mm -hmm. emotionally and i think that made it a little bit harder to market especially in the absence of Here's a killer song that kids are gonna sing. You can't really you can't have a Zootopia sing along. The jokes work for kids, but there's a lot of stuff. It's it's an anime it's a family animated movie that is made for it feels like it's made for adults. Yeah. This, it's like an adult movie hidden in a family movie. And that I, I think is a hard sell. It did well. I don't it wasn't a flop. It's just mm-hmm. not talked about.
2: But Soul is an adult movie i've not seen soul yet Uh, i'm excited yeah i know i haven't sat down and watched a movie in so long you know and there's nothing wrong with animation for adults no No. i I mean if you look at the early stuff for disney there is a sophistication level and a scary level that that, you know it's not like oh we're gonna worry about that they they were going for some tough stories sometimes sometimes you know they made some wrong choices as we may talk about later in this uh episode (laughs) yep (laughs) (laughs) Well, now, like, when I was a kid, I didn't like Fantasia. Fantasia was the boring
0: one. But as I've gotten older, like, Fantasia is... Stunningly beautiful and mm-hmm. the music is perfect. And the way that like they dealt with all of the music and the, and, and they even put the intermission in there. And it felt like I can imagine going to see that in a movie theater. It would feel like a night at the symphony because here comes the person who steps forward and tells you about the piece you're about to hear. And then you hear this piece with visual accompaniment. So Disney always, I think does a great job of having something for the adults. And I am old enough to have seen it in a movie theater. I maybe it, may you have seen it in the Forty. I was gonna no, say no. It but in a
2: re Forty-five. Yeah. It was in a big, big, you know, big, big oh, movie theater in Florida. Uh, yeah. You know, when I was younger, and my mom mm-hmm. took us to it, and we were blown away by it. I mean, at light, Night on Bald Mountain, I could not get enough of. It. I loved that. Oh yeah. Movie.
0: I was tempted to add the Minions from uh, Night on Bald Night Mountain around. to this, but they don't really. There's not really much of a story there, but God, it's terrifying. Yeah.
2: Well, that was, I mean, growing up, you looked forward. I think it was every seven years that they would release the films. It wasn't like right. that was the whole so you'd see it in the movie theater. I remember going to see because I think my first Disney film was The Jungle Book, and then I mm-hmm. just fell in love in, in the movie theater. And then you know they re released Snow White soon after that. I, I seem to remember and seeing that and falling in love with it, and then just trying to see everything in the movie theater. Which is sad now where Guys, we are. I miss movie
0: theaters. I miss movie theaters. I miss- go to the drive-in. Any drive-in you can. I love me some drive-ins. They have them all over LA now. I'm going to see Rent tonight at the
2: drive-in. Oh, the movie musical, yeah. Oh. They were making that while we cuz uh Anthony Rapp was mm-hmm. our Seymour on the Little Shop tour. Oh, and, really? While we were on oh, tour in San Francisco. He He's going- a perfect Seymour. Oh, he was he was great. I'm I such a fan Mushnick, of right? that dude. Uh no, I covered Mushnick in that yeah. production. And, and then I took over, I was like, the first year I covered, uh, Lenny Walpe, this wonderful Broadway guy mm. was, uh, Lenny, who has a, you know, a voice I always do for auditions. Just, Lenny was great. <laughs> I worked with him <laughs> on a lot of shows. You, you'd know him if you saw him. He did TV and everything. And Anthony was fabulous. And the second year I took over, it was a great production with a, with a Henson, you know, a five ton Henson plant. Oh my God. Uh, it was, it was super cool. I loved, love it I remember that they show. were doing that and the cast would come you know, we'd have dinner with them and Anthony would go off to shoot scenes and then do the show at night. And it's just, I miss this. You know, I know we're we're getting off track, but I I miss that we can do this uh, going to theaters, celebrating live performance. I think it's part of who the three of us are. Absolutely. It it made us who we are. And it's so important. Enough of that. I'll get off. It'll be back. It'll be back. You're making everybody sad. Like with the time they kicked me out. They kicked me out. No one was sad.
0: Sheriff, we're not sad about that, Sheriff.
4: I was being quiet in the corner, but I agree with the Sheriff. You do a very good job with law enforcement, by the way.
0: Thank you. Ah. Hey, there's a great big bowl of peanut M&Ms back there. If you guys want to just start eating those.
4: Yeah,
2: you won't hear a peep.
0: Okay, great.
2: Good. I said only brown ones in my contract.
0: Just eat the brown ones. Oh no, you know. Okay. <laughs> you know, I'm just going to shut this door. I'm just going to shut this little door right here. Sure. <coughs> How can we still hear him through the tiny door? i being quiet. Did you notice? Yes, Molt. We hear you being quiet.
4: Fantastic. Good ears.
0: All right, we're moving to the final battle in the uh Lackey's division mm-hmm. and this is a uh this is a 2 on 2. We got uh we're playing doubles this time. We have Pain and Panic from Hercules versus Horace and Jasper from 101 Dalmatians. This is a tough one cuz both of these are icons. You got you've got the classic animated versions of 101 Dalmatians plus you have the live action versions. These characters have lived in Two different media, which was, who was it that was in that? It was, um, it was Mr. Weasley and House MD were the two. Hugh of them. Laurie, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and Pain and Panic, obviously, uh, the great Matt Frewer and, and Bob. B-
2: Baca, go away. Right. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, it was Pain. Yeah, that was the perfect choice for it. <laughs> oh, they're so good. They, they have some great lines. They're yeah. really funny and they do advance the plot. Yeah. And they're they absolutely absolutely well written. Horace well- and Jasper are, are pretty, I, I, I am mean, they're pretty despicable. Yeah. In a yeah. lot of ways. I mean, they're, again,
1: they tick the boxes. Yeah. They are moving that plot forward. Yeah. They do. Yeah. They're instrumental. Yeah. Movie doesn't happen without them. Mm-hmm. And
2: J. Pat O'Malley, another one who played, uh, uh it was, uh, he was the taller one. Is that Horace or uh, Jasper? Jasper, he was Jasper. Another one in the stable. Colonel Hottie's voice. What mm-hmm. was oh, that great, great stable of Disney? Perform? Oh yeah. That, yeah, that that
0: like real rich, resonant, yeah, sort of thing. Uh this is tough. This is like yeah. this is like modern era iconic sidekick duo versus classic Disney iconic sidekick duo. Hal, what do you think?
1: I'm a classic guy. I love 101 Dalmatians. Yeah, For no other reason, I mean, if I had to pick the entire, the midnight bark leading to the the Colonel and Sergeant Tibbs, that sequence is so good and there's such an improvisational feel to what they were doing in the voice work in that movie. For some reason, well, it makes those characters pop in a more real way for me and that Mm -hmm. would give them the edge. They are more present
2: than Pain and Panic. Mm -hmm. Pain and Panic come in in little bits. And chunks, Horace and Jasper are big part of that film.
0: Pain and Panic also have that kind of. They do a little bit of sort of like, yeah, there's they're a a little more of a wink to the audience. Like Matt Frewer was famous from being in *Hunting and Shrunk the Kids* for Disney and being Max Headroom, and then uh, and Bob Goldthwait was already famous for obviously a million things for being um, himself for being himself, and then persona. And they would drop in some sort of modern reference things into that movie. Like, I just remember there was a line Bobcat, uh, or he was pain, right? Yeah. Cause Fruer was panic. He was the one that was always panic. And he says, uh, it's a trend, you know, like a few years ago when all the boys were named Jason and all the girls were named Brittany, which is a funny line, but it's Bobcat Goldthwaite doing a funny line. Right. Horace and Jasper are iconic classic Disney characters that are in that. Yeah. I feel like they have to, uh, I'm, yeah, I think it's,
1: oh, if you only know Bobcat Goldthwaite as the screamy guy from either Hercules or the police academy movies, which really like helped make him famous and his stand up was that for a very long time. Mm -hmm. Get a copy of One Crazy Summer and listen to the commentary track with Savage Steve Holland and, and he's on it as well. And it's just him not putting on the voice and his mind works so fast and he is so funny. It's just a great, like, Forum to hear his mind at work and how fast he is. He's brilliantly,
0: brilliantly talented
2: comedian. Yeah, he's
1: gone on to write yep. and direct a, a bunch of stuff.
2: Yeah. yeah. But he didn't win Tom this. Kenny. Yeah. Went to school oh, with Tom Kenny. No okay. kidding. Oh. Well, there you go. Really All right. He didn't win this because it's Horace and Jasper. That's true. We have our final four
0: for this round. Uh, the first battle is Horace and Jasper from 101 Dalmatians versus Doug. From Zootopia. Uh, so we've got uh, Horace and Jasper versus Doug and LeFou versus Smee. Let's start with Horace and Jasper versus Doug. Horace and Jasper. Horace and Jasper. And yeah. Jasper. Doug is great. Doug's a fun character yeah. in an excellent movie. It's Horace and Jasper. Uh, LeFou versus Smee. I still maintain that LeFou is a great Disney villain sidekick, but Smee is gold standard. 100% agree. So now we have Smee versus Horace and Jasper human sidekicks to iconic classic disney villains two of the best disney villains yeah. Corella deville and captain hook i oh. will be in the smee camp i th- i i think i'm I think with you a, i
2: think you and i are I, in that yeah. camp together well it's still again who do you want to get a picture with at disneyland yeah yeah horace and be like where are they what who you know who but you students? know smee immediately You yeah. you know unless you're a big big disney Mm -hmm. fan you know you'd want horace and jasper yeah like
1: hal is laughing at at me and going no i agree with you i just had this picture of you're at disneyland and you see a bunch of puppies run by and then you see character horace and jasper chasing them
0: (laughs) that would be an amazing job if they had like actual dalmatians (laughs) and then a couple of animal trainers slash character actors whose job it was to just round them up
1: so good
4: we uh, got stuff for a picture. We got to get these puppies. Boy. Oh, you
1: <laughs> <know>. <laughs> yeah. I, it, uh, I agree. I agree. It's Mr. Smee. Something yeah. feels weird because Horace and Jasper also check a ton of boxes and they're evil, which I don't think Mr. Smee is evil, but he's so good. Yeah. It's such mm-hmm. a good character that kind of overcomes the shortcomings. Yeah. It's such a good, complete character. This was a tough decision. It's like, it was. Yeah. It was. We take none of these lightly. No, we don't. And we're moving. We're not taking this lightly either. We're moving on to our final
0: category, and that is cats and dogs down here in the Southwest bracket. Here are our matchups in cats and dogs. We have Lucifer from Cinderella versus Psy and Am from Lady and the Tramp. We have Alpha from Up versus Gideon from Pinocchio. We have Chief from the Fox and the Hound versus Percy from Pocahontas, and we have Roscoe and DeSoto. From Oliver and Company versus the hy- hyenas, Ed, Shenzi, and Banzai from The Lion King. Let's start with Lucifer versus, let's start in the cat's corner, mm-hmm. Lucifer versus Psy and Am. Ugh. Psy and Am, Ugh. super
1: problematic characters. Yes. And their their names were changed for the live action version. Yeah, they're no longer... They're no longer known as Psy and Am. What are they? Jason and Brittany? They're now (laughs) Jason and Brittany. Everybody is Jason and Brittany. That's, (laughs) that is what's, uh, most important. (laughs) I'll say this, uh, aside from,
0: I don't want, I don't want Lucifer to win this because Psy and Am are Not really necessarily sidekicks to anyone, but each other and very problematic characters. I think Lucifer can win this because Lucifer is a great pet. This category is all, is mostly pets. And I think of the pet sidekicks that Disney has in their movies. I think Lucifer is a, is one of the best. If in the human world of that movie, uh the tremaine family represents oppression against cinderella in the animal version of within that story lucifer represents the same things to the mice you know yes. what i mean
1: yes yes mm-hmm. lucifer lucifer them. is the
0: yeah the terrorizing tormentor who is higher up in the pecking order and can just be a jerk to them to be a jerk
2: and, and in a great terrorized. design yeah beautiful, beautiful design, design. Yes. Yes. Mean animated base yeah yeah just the way he moved in the anime just really really wonderful yeah, yeah by Lucifer the way an just, awesome character
1: just to put a footnote on that's the mm-hmm. live action version of lady of the tramp the characters are changed to devon and rex and the number is changed from the siamese cat song to a jazz number called what a shame it's very good Great. The live action is very, very good.
0: My dad uh, has two Devin Rexes at home, so I have to now see that. They are the ugliest cats, but the smartest and the sweetest, which I love about them. couple
1: Rex cats. Yeah.
0: All right. So this is definitely Lucifer coming out of that corner. Yes. 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 We can jump over now to let's do uh, Chief from Fox and the Hound versus Percy from Pocahontas.
2: I have no prejudices in this one. I have no dog in this fight. Now, who voiced Chief? <laughs> Let me just ask from a distance. I'm in the other room with the. I
0: I, I hear you. Over there. I I was really hoping that those peanut M and M's would just remain in your mouth and.
2: Oh, they're gone. Won. They've been the gone whole bowl. Not, yeah,
0: not just Boy, the brown I, ones. No, i well, were hungry.
4: Did you find out about Chief? Yeah who who did his voice then?
0: I'm pretty sure it was the same person that did the Sheriff of Nottingham's voice. Is that uh-huh. true? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Gonna kick him out like you kick me to the curb, there, Mark Gagley, already. I, I don't.
0: It's so weird to hear that voice say my name. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's my entire job. Yeah, <laughs> it's so weird to hear <laughs> that what voice. That. Yeah, say my name. Uh, what do you guys think? I think it's it's, true. this is a hard one because they're they're you know the fox and the hound is is I loved it when it was out, but I can't remember a minute of it.
0: Well it's yep. it's tough and it's sad, and I'll say this. I'll say that um Percy from Pocahontas is a hundred percent in the mold of Lucifer yes. from Cinderella. Yes. Chief is while he is a sidekick because he's a you know, the the hunter's dog that makes him a sidekick but he really is you know he's got he's a richer character he's a father figure to copper in the movie it's him breaking his leg that leads copper to uh want to go against todd it's the fact that by the end of the movie chief has sort of made his peace with the fact that todd and copper are friends like he's less a sidekick and more just a character just like yeah. a like an interesting character from a novel Whereas Percy is this, you know, foofy little fastidious pug. I honestly, I don't think either one of them is gonna beat uh, Lucifer in this battle because they're not. Well, I mean, well, Chief forwards the plot. He does definitely yeah. forward the plot. L- L- Percy is Percy is a uh, decoration. Yeah, right. Yeah, Percy is decoration and something for Wiggins to do. Yes, yeah. to clean Percy. Yeah. We're going to go with chief on this. We're going, I think chief is a, yeah, uh, yeah. I think Chief's is a great choice. It's a bizarre
1: choice. bracket.
0: It is <laughs> a bizarre. Well, it's, you know why? Because all the characters are so different. It's just that they're all dogs and cats. Yeah. Sure.
2: You throw a wolf in there. I would have won.
0: <laughs> uh, but I'll put chief in there. I think chief. All right. So let's move now to alpha from up versus Gideon. From Pinocchio. Gideon sort of established this genre of character. Yes. Cause Pinocchio was what the second movie that came out and Snow White only had the huntsman as, as a henchman. Gideon is a uh, foul fellow's little cat friend who is silent, though originally,
1: what was it? Was it Mel Blank? Mel Blank was supposed to be his voice and did the hiccups. So the hiccups that you oh. hear are Mel Blank,
0: mm-hmm. but he set the tone for. A doofy, funny little sidekick to a villain that's, you know, also a bad guy.
2: Yeah, very Harpo Marx-like in many ways. Important to the plot. Important to the plot. You do want to run over in Disney and get your picture with Gideon.
0: Oh, yeah. He's one of the great, as far as like walk-around characters, Gideon's one of the really fun ones. I think Alpha is a blast. Do you guys remember Alpha from uh, Up? Yeah, with the voice changing. Yeah, the voice changer, but his voice changer was really high, so he's this terrifying-looking Doberman who says everything that a villain says, but he says it this super high-pitched voice because his voice modulator's broken. Yeah, (laughs) which is such a which is such a great henchman. He really is more like a lieutenant. Like he could have been in the lieutenant category. Yeah, he is a soldier. He is a hunting soldier who does his job and he takes no lip from those who are under him in command. But he
1: does it with this high pitched voice. <laughs> so good. Played by Timothy Spall, the great Timothy Spall. Yeah. Oh, a great film. It, yeah. th-
2: it, it's a tough one, but if you're looking for, you know, who checks the boxes, it's Gideon who's, yeah, I yeah, think got so. the mold in many ways.
0: Gideon. All right. And then finally in this category, we've got Roscoe and DeSoto. From Oliver and company who are henchmen to, uh, the dogs of Bill Sykes. Uh, you know, again, this is another one where has a human world and an animal world. And, uh, Roscoe and DeSoto, Roscoe is the smarter of the two. DeSoto is just the, the bruiser, tough guys in a lesser known movie, but you know, cool characters and, but unfortunately for them, they're battling against Jim Cummings and Cheech and Whoopi. As the three hyenas from The Lion King. Such strong characters. Who are yeah. yeah. Strong and individual on their own. Like they have their own personalities, mm-hmm. but they work for Scar so well. Like, yeah. I mean, what do you guys think?
1: You know, I don't know if we're ever gonna talk about Oliver and Company on this podcast again. <laughs> okay. So I just wanna I just wanna say, I'm not advocating for them. I think it's I think it's Shenzi, Bonsai, and Ed all the way. <laughs> Can you imagine if Oliver and Company – Oliver and Company came out the year before The Little Mermaid. The year before – was it? That, this that's was the it? return of the Disney musical. It came out in 1988, and mm-hmm. 1989 was The Little Mermaid. Can you imagine if The Little Mermaid had come out first? So you, you all of a sudden, you inspire – this belief that Disney animated films are back and that this is a throwback to Snow White and Cinderella and mm-hmm. all the, the musicals we loved and the, the reemergence of the Disney princess. And then you follow it up with Billy Joel playing the artful Dodger in, <laughs> in a new musical version of Oliver because the musical Oliver, the beloved musical Oliver is not current enough yeah. and doesn't have enough dogs and cats in it. It feels like The Little Mermaid is when Disney finally said, hey,
0: maybe we should start doing 24 drawings per second instead of like six. Like you watch The Rescuers and it looks like you're flipping through your own flip
2: book. Yeah. If you watch uh, uh, Robin Hood, you'll see the animation repeat when they're running. Oh, yeah. Over and over again. Yeah, but at least
3: it's smooth.
2: (laughs) The rescuers
0: looks like the person who's running the projector at six frames per second is on
1: Quaaludes. (laughs) By the way, this is not casting aspersions on on Oliver and Company as much as I wonder if it would have benefited from coming after. Because people who like it like it. Sure. But But I didn't go see it. I was the right age to have gone to see it. And I love yeah, Billy I was Joel. Too. Was not into that it had two things I liked, Disney and Billy Joel, and I that wasn't enough. I said, this is a hard pass for eleven year old <laughs> Hal. Sorry.
0: <laughs> All right. So uh we have our final four in this one. Battle number one. We're gonna go Lucifer versus Chief in our first battle in this. You're gonna
2: throw me out again, aren't you?
4: <laughs> <laughs> I feel it
2: coming a mile off. You just want me hanging out with the bug in the back. There's plenty
4: of room. We'd love to Um, have you.
0: Yeah. And look, I'm only one of three here choosing, but I got to say, chief, I might need to send you back with the sheriff and molt. What do you guys think?
2: Ah, Okay. I'll be going down there. (laughs) Hey, wait, I'm a totally different character. What's this dog doing here? (laughs) You guys, I'm sure we'll have a lot to talk about. (laughs) I think we will. I'll go stand
4: by the giant terrifying bug. (laughs) I gotta get a camera to capture this moment. It's too precious. <laughs> All right.
0: So is it Lucifer? Yeah, it's Lucifer? Yes. It's Lucifer. Uh and then with much respect to uh the originator of the entire category in hyenas versus Gideon, I think that the hyenas have to win, in my opinion. Yeah. Category. Yep. Boo. ah yeah well okay better. so we have two battles left we have four characters and two battles left we have cronk versus the hyenas the three battles left if we count the super bowl we're doing at the end
1: wait a minute the- lucifer and the hyenas don't face off against one another
0: oh yeah sorry lucifer and the hyenas i forgot wow. to do one i to I'm- throw lucifer out <laughs> I skipped a step. <laughs> my bad. I was off oh. by one I, because I wrote hyenas yeah. instead of just circling it. And then I was looking sure. at her. You know what? You don't need my thing. Do you think it's Lucifer or the hyenas?
2: I'd say the hyenas. Mm. What are thoughts? Been, I mean, I'm, team, I'm team
0: hyenas as well. Lucifer is iconic, does yeah. not benefit from voice performances,
2: which we talked They're about. They're richer characters. I mean, he does a lot. With without saying anything. Right. Lucifer does a a lot. But those those three characters are they're such a big part of that film. Yeah. All yeah, right. you yeah, could I, take Lucifer out and you wouldn't miss much. Like you were, you know, the hyenas are such a huge part
1: of blanking. Yeah. yeah, I think I the hyenas win, and now we're gonna take a break. And when we come back, the winners of all four brackets will face off and we will answer once and for all that's disney
2: villain sidekick Ooh.
1: that isn't me
2: Ooh. say it again <laughs> Welcome back to Fireside Chat on KMAX. With me in studio to take your calls
4: is the dopest duo on the West Coast, Oliver Wong and Morgan Rhodes. Go ahead, caller. Hey, uh, I'm looking for a music podcast that's insightful and thoughtful, but like also helps me discover artists and albums that I've never heard of.
3: Yeah, man, sounds like you need to listen to Heat Rocks every week. Myself and I'm Morgan Rhodes and my co-host here, Oliver Wong, talk to influential guests about a canonical album that has changed their
0: lives. Guests like Moby, Open Mike Eagle, talk about albums by Prince, Joni Mitchell, and so much more.
4: Yo, what's that show called again?
0: Heat Rocks, deep dives into hot records. Every Thursday on Maximum Fun.
3: Hey, I'm Janet Farney, host of the JV Club podcast. Ah, high
4: school. Was it a time of adventure, romance, and discovery? Class of 95! We did it! Or a time of angst, disappointment, and confusion?
1: We're all tied together by four years of trauma at this place, but enjoy adulthood, I guess.
3: The truth is,
1: it was both. So join me on the JV Club podcast where I invite some great friends like Kristen Bell, Angela Kinsey, Oscar Nunez, Neil Patrick Harris, and Keegan Michael Key to talk about high school, the good, the bad, and everything in between. My teenage mood swings are getting harder to manage. The JV Club. Find it on Maximum Fun.
0: And we're back. All right, fellas, it's time for our final. uh, We've got... Three matches left. We're into on the day uh, that the NFL is actually in there. We're at the same point right now that the NFC and the AFC are having their championships to determine the Super Bowl. We are having our championships to determine our Super Bowl. And the first championship match is on the west side. North, we have Kronk. And south, we have the Hyenas. Kronk versus Hyenas. Go. I'm Team Kronk. Yeah, I'm Team Kronk, too. Kronk it is. I feel like that's, he's so fun. Yeah, the hyenas up. are great, but Team Kronk, Kronk wins. And on the other side, on the east, this boy that we took the break maybe 10 seconds before the end of the episode.
2: Well, that just means we can do so much more. Right? improvisation. That's right. That the audience will love. <laughs> <laughs> you were tired of the muffin episode. Oh boy. <laughs> Remember me. I'm back for the muffin episode. Boy. <laughs>
4: You go sit with Molt. Come on over. Oh, look at this. It's a muffin.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh, no. Mm -hmm. Oh, no. The Sheriff of Nottingham
4: just ate a muffin. Well, that was a sentient muffin. I was chief doing that. Can't you tell the difference, Mark Gagliardi?
0: Oh, I'm terribly sorry. All right. Now we have in our battle in the East, we have Iago versus Smee. Oh. I'm going to, I'm going to throw out a thought here because these are two very evenly matched classic iconic Disney villain sidekicks. I think the absence of malice takes Smee down a notch, perhaps enough to put Iago over the edge in this one because Iago is a
2: nasty bird. You know what I mean? Yeah. That truly is villainous. Yeah. Smee is a sweetheart. Yeah. He's on the wrong side,
1: but he's a sweetheart. Yeah. Wow, Iago is more that. of a partner, too. He's yeah, a partner mm-hmm. villain. He's got a capability he's working with. He doesn't have to coddle. He's really doing bidding. He's really doing sidekicks work. Mm-hmm. As opposed to Smee, who keeps everything running, including Captain Hook himself.
0: Smee is the 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 absolute best enabler. Yeah. yeah. By making Captain Hook think he is the one that is actually in charge and doing things. hmm. But I think the fact that Iago is just mean, which I kind of want my sidekick to be a little mean.
2: Yeah. While not you know? being too scary. Yeah. He can yeah. appeal to a lot of audiences. hmm In in yeah. that wonderful Disney way that we all cherish and love. It's
0: the beloved be to...
1: character. Yeah. Like truly a beloved character. Yeah. yeah.
2: So are we taking Iago over Smee? Yes. Yeah. Yes. That, that is a move I didn't think would happen. And I'm I didn't either, but it is. That's really cool. Yeah. And again, try to find that documentary about Gilbert Gottfried. Oh, I will. Yeah. Because that character moved who is again, a villainous, evil, malcontent. He did something ultimately that brought good to this world. Yeah. To the real world. Yeah. To the real world. Yeah. Who would have thought?
0: <laughs> oh no, he's here now too. Iago's here. <laughs> We're just pimping out Darren DePaul to do. We, look, it's rare that we get such a, a great voice master in here, so we are going to yeah. pimp him out for.
2: I no, I, 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 you guys are equal. I mean, I love, well, again, I will talk about how much I love your work. I love this podcast, seeing you on stage and hearing this podcast. You guys should be doing everything. Ah, oh, you're the best. Well, you, you guys know acting. You have such a love of this. This is why this discussion was so special to me. It's like, <sighs> you know what goes into this. So if yeah. given the chance, you would put your heart and soul and everything, you know, up in your brain and in your heart into a character because it matters. You know that some little kid might get that toy or someone might be moved by that performance it's not just a sidekick yeah it means something and i know that in you know you guys bring that out in what you do i'm terrible i'm a big old mush but yeah oh, I, I love, uh, this love that show, so much and that's so sweet
1: well, so sweet. it's true I, I mean sorry and it means a lot coming from you real, man, i'm just a truly mouth stupid that's all I am. <laughs> That's on your business card. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: Darren DePaul. Uh, mouth, stupid. mouth stupid. I love the mouth stupids. Yeah. Equity and SAG. <laughs> all right. So our final battle, the Super Bowl of Disney villain sidekicks. Mm. This is tough. Is
2: Kronk versus Iago. Now I will admit to coming into this. Mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, Kronk takes it all the way. Mm hmm. But, again, we go back to the Muffin episode. You give me these thoughts that are like a villainous sidekick. Kronk wasn't particularly Mm -hmm. villainous. Great written character, very rich character, wonderful performance. Iago's on the bad team. Yeah. And yet, in real life, did some good. This character did good. Yeah.
0: Yeah. that's This is tough because Kronk is a great character yeah i, I would say cronk is a better character than iago is iago is arguably a better sidekick than cronk yeah. is yeah let's look at all the factors that we talked about at the beginning okay you've got some villainy you've got the villainy angle versus the good person who is just working for a bad person
1: right impact the, the
0: impact on the story, both of them have that in great
2: quantities. If you were at Disneyland, would you run to get a picture with Cronk or Iago? Iago. Are they, Iago. I,
1: when you said that, I literally thought, can I go take a picture with Iago when I go no. back to the park? Is he out there available?
0: And also, as far as with Iago, I think that with, with all the other things, they're so evenly matched. I think that we can take into account the production that they're from. And I think Aladdin is a better and more iconic movie than the Emperor's New Groove is. Kronk makes that movie. Kronk elevates that movie.
1: I'll tell you what, I think I would take SME this this may be easily figured out through the transitive property. I would take mm. SME over Kronk. Interesting. In that they're both not bad guys who mm-hmm. are working for bad guys. Mm-hmm. So if Iago beats SME, then Iago must also beat Kronk.
0: Yeah. I think that we're leaning toward. It sounds like we're all wow. leaning towards Iago as Iago. the as the ultimate uh, victor of this battle, with Kronk a very, very yeah. tight second.
2: Well, all of these characters are so rich and and mm-hmm. so lovely. You know, the ones that we, that have made it to the final brackets, we. I mean, these are these are ingrained in our yeah, brains. Exactly. There's yeah. so much a part of our lives. Again, you know, like Hal said, we can't wait to get back to Disney to have that joy and discover who might be out that day.
0: Right. Really. That's always Cinderella the fun. The that's the fun game. They have a Radigan comes out every once in a while at Disneyland in California. I've
2: never seen that. Yeah.
0: Radigan comes out sometimes. I did
2: Pluto, uh,
0: King You Louis. mean you're friends with, you were
2: friends with? Yes. Yes. I was very good friends with, uh, Winnie the Pooh and Tweedledum and Tweedledee and Prince John. Cause I, I, I fought very hard to be friends with Prince John cause I loved oh. That's so good. That was my, was my little
0: teenage Darren going. Unfortunately, Prince John would not let you do his laugh oh. while you were being princess. <laughs> <laughs> when
2: when was I was in laugh? Pluto, when I was in Pluto, because the, the, I mean, friends of Pluto, the tongue comes out of the mouth mm-hmm. in, when it was. And people be like, oh, Pluto, that's rude. That's where you saw. Roll it back up. And you're out in the middle of the park and sometimes going, I can't see. Anything. Oh no, I mean, huge pause Kids, don't listen to this <laughs> Pretend <laughs> I'm Yago And I'm the sidekick Ruining everything <laughs> Well, it
4: sounds That's like That's where this was headed We were gonna destroy childry <laughs> <dream. laughs>
1: Hal, will you bring us home? People of the world The rich history of Disney We are not finished plumbing its depths We've been there before We'll go back again And twice on Sundays, because we record two episodes on Sundays a lot of the time. In the world of villains, which we've already settled, there are great sidekicks, fantastic characters. Watch all of the films we've discussed, and more. But know in your heart that the greatest sidekick of all is a little red bird with purple-slash-blue highlights on his feathers. Assisting the nefarious Jafar, your best Disney villain sidekick is iago
0: asked and answered darren depaul thank you for being with us where can people find you what do you want people to know
2: oh i love this show <laughs> i want them to know that I, uh,
0: this show I'm loves darren, you my friend
2: Yeah, uh, I, I, i'm darren paul on uh, twitter and instagram and everything and i got some really cool projects coming up and we continue to do some some really cool things uh overwatch is still doing stuff we just had uh jay jonah jameson came back and uh, Spider Man.
0: i keep thinking that you've got you've got great things but you always work for companies that won't let you tell us what the great things you're working on are (laughs)
1: yeah exactly
2: (laughs) i'm working on a oh wait i can't tell you about that oh there's also a oh i can't tell you about that there's a couple big ones i can't wait to go oh this is happening dude that's so cool I'm very, very lucky. Uh, uh, and again, I go back to showing up in L.A. and the second day, walking into Meltdown Comics and running into Hal Lublin, who knew me, didn't know me from Adam, but gave me a big smile and said, hi, I'm Hal. And it was as if L.A. was welcoming me. Oh. And then you guys at Thrilling Adventure made me feel that was a second home when I would come and watch that show. It, it was everything I love about theater. And when this podcast started from, you know, do you put ketchup on a hot dog? I listen for every episode (laughs) so much. So thank you, thank you, thank all of you and the people of the world because, you know, listening to Kate McManus on the other episode, the mailbag, I'm like, oh, I get to hear Kate. (laughs) (laughs) I'm one of you guys. I love this show, and I'm so, so thrilled that I got to be part of it. I want to say so much.
1: I have to take issue with you because you say Mm -hmm. you're lucky, but only if luck is is opportunity meeting preparedness because you are prepared and one of in addition to how nice you are which anybody who's met you or sergio in here will know you are so talented that early on darren and i did a workshop together and now when i do workshops for disney now when i do workshops darren is the person that the casting director who's running it will refer to as one of the greats because you are you are fantastic and you deserve Not only all the success you have, but many, many more successes, which we will not get to know about until those Thank you. Until they're released. I will
2: I will let you know. And I have to do that because I am the voice dandy of Hollywood. That's right. That's right. (laughs) Oh I have a pocket handkerchief. I've got my tie. I've got everything. You know, we're we're lockdown. But I was like, I dress up. This is what I do. I love it. Thank you guys. I love you. I adore you. We love you and
0: we thank you, you too so too. much, Darren. Uh, this topic is closed, but there are many more topics to discuss. So please
1: reach out to us on Twitter or you can email us at we got this podcast at gmail.com. I do check it. Also go to the Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash we got this podcast. Thank you to producer Ken Plume, researcher Kate McManus for putting together a fantastic reference sheet for us. Thank you also to graphic designer Uri Kelman and QA engineer Jen Alba. And thanks, of course, to our musicians, Jonathan Dinerstein and Mike Furman, for our score and theme song, respectively.
0: And thanks to you, the people of the world, for giving us a chance to sit down with the great Darren DePaul and talk about something that clearly we are all passionate about. You give us an opportunity to do this every week. We do not take that lightly. And we thank you.
1: Thank you. Thank you. For Hal Loveland, I'm Mark Agliardi. For Mark Agliardi, I'm Hal Loveland. And don't worry, everybody. We got this. We got this. You sure do drive a
0: hard bargain. (laughs) Love it. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.